Hello, everyone, and welcome to Essay Today. My name is Michelle Botcher. I'm an assistant professor and the Student Affairs Program Coordinator in the College of Education at Clemson University. I'm also your host for Essay Today, which is part of the SACSA podcast series. While this podcast is focused on current issues, events, and trends, it's also important that we get to know a little bit about our guests as we engage in our work and learning together since we're all more than just our jobs. Today, our guest is Dr. Michael Dykin from the University of Central Florida. So good morning, Dr. Dykin. Good morning, Michelle. Could we start, would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself, how you came to be involved in the work that you do, and how you engage sort of across higher education with both professionals and students? Sure, I'd be happy to. It, it's been a, a long journey, um, and when you reflect back, the, the path is often clear. I've always loved uh, the topic of health and um, have been drawn to public health. I'm a physician. Um, I um, did my training in family medicine, um, and family medicine is really about community health care, and I enjoy that particular niche. I, I've always wondered, well, uh, why do certain people get sick or why are others healthy? Um, and so uh, community health and family medicine was a way to explore that. Um, I started out um, with a large group practice years ago and uh, was allowed to have some leadership roles that focused on um, community health projects and eventually found my way at the University of Central Florida about 20 years ago um, and found working with a population to be very exciting, you know, because um, there's things that you can do with a population to lessen their risk. And when when I came to University of Central Florida, um, I found the subject matter so appealing, I, I went ahead and also got a master's in public health, um, which uh, complemented my knowledge. And it's just been a, a great place to uh, apply that knowledge and continue to learn. And being in a university, there, there's just so many opportunities to work and collaborate um, uh, across the campus with my, my faculty peers, um, whether that be with our, our College of Medicine um, or in a, a variety of other areas in psychology and sociology um, and microbiology. Um, we, we, we collaborate, and it's, it's just very interesting and fascinating. It's all done under the umbrella of trying to help the population to be as healthy as they possibly can be, and I, I find that tremendously enjoyable. Wonderful. What are you currently reading, watching, or listening to, either for work or for fun? <laughs> well, um, you know, it's an interesting time, isn't it? Um, right. And so I have a, 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 a few things that I'm paying attention to. Certainly, um, you know, I'm the chief public health officer for the university, and I'm also serving as the incident command um, um, uh, uh, overview person for the university with regard to coronavirus. 
So I have to pay attention to that um, body of information from the CDC and um, publications from uh, various journals and things like that. Um, so that's obviously very important. Um, but you know, I also have to find time um, for myself, and uh, I, I do love to read. Uh, I've always been an avid reader. And I'm probably the last person in the country to do this, but I'm working my way through the Harry Potter series. I'm right now on the fourth book, (laughs) The Goblet of Fire, and I just find that so enjoyable right now. It's a real diversion from everything else, uh, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. That's great. Do you have... um It's just interesting, and I appreciate that you said that, because given your work around... um, stress, you know, making time to read some other things when right now kind of being bombarded with lots of different messages from everywhere from uh, like the companies you do business with, let alone the work context, I think um, it is important that we step away and um, Harry Potter might be a nice shift to a very different environment on occasion. So. It has been. Um, I've enjoyed it. And, and you're very right that we, we need to have those avenues for relaxation. Right. Do you have a favorite quote? Um, you know, there are so many great quotes. Um, I've always loved um, education. My, my mother um, uh, loved education. Um, and I, uh, myself and my sisters are first time in college um, um, siblings, you know. And Mm -hmm. uh, so a a quote that I I really um, enjoy and appreciate is uh, from Nelson Mandela. Education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. Um, And I I really believe that. And uh, I find that particular quote to be very inspiring. Wonderful. One last sort of intro question, and then we'll get more focused on the topic at hand. Um, So in your work, whether it's in the current COVID-19 context, but certainly other um, health-related issues that affect communities, would you rather deal with a community in crisis that's overreacting to the situation or a community that's underreacting to whatever the issue might be? Well, that's a really great question. Um, And when you think about public health emergencies, a lot of times it's very fluid where sometimes um, the reaction is is an underreaction, that Mm. as a community there's a failure to respond. And it goes from that to an overreaction where... Um, there's um, preparation that is beyond what's necessary. And both are, are not good. Um, and so I, I think those are, are constant challenges that there, there probably is never just one pure uh, response, that there's a, a mixture of over-response and under-response that occur certainly within a large um, institution or nationally for that matter. Um, and I think that we have to be careful to, to bring those back to, to what makes sense uh, for the community, what's appropriate, um, and have 
um, strategies that are proven, effective, um, and, and stay kind of in the middle. So I, I don't know. If, I, I don't like either of them to be underreacting <laughs> right. or overreacting, um, and they're they're often both there. And uh, I, I try my best to pull it to the middle to what is, is appropriate. Well, and my guess is communities can shift too. They can be in overreaction mode in some moments and then sort of back away from that or vice versa as the situation evolves. For sure. I think we've seen that in our country with coronavirus mm-hmm. where, um, quite frankly, our testing was not um, up to snuff uh, nationally, um, and now it's being ramped, ramped up uh, significantly. Um, and uh, other um, social distancing and public health efforts are are taking place. Um, so, um, in, in in that regard, um, I, I didn't like the uh, underreaction, uh, but uh, I, I'm pleased to see that we're we're getting on a a better road to preparation. Mm-hmm. Can you give? just sort of an overview of how your specific work has evolved related to COVID-19 in the past few months? Yeah, and I've experienced this before um, because, you know, since I came on board in college health, there's been a number of public health crises, uh, starting with 9-11, anthrax, SARS, um, H1N1, uh, Zika, Ebola, you know, there's been a list of these. And it's somewhat predictable what happens in a public health crisis, at least as far as my role is concerned, where I go from being someone that is uh, giving oversight to day-to-day types of operations in, in the health center and and to being very focused on on the crisis uh, and um, ramping up um, not only the health center uh, plans, but being very engaged on a campus level with campus leadership and planning. And it, it really usurps all the regular duties that I have, and that's fine. Um, part of... Uh, um, the process, I understand that this too will pass, that, uh, you know, um, as we get through this public health challenge and, and the challenge that I experience in, in, in that field, um, we'll, we'll get a hold of it and, and we'll be back to more usual types of work. When you think about your work, and I appreciate you listing um, some of the things that have emerged since you've been doing the work, um, because it's one of those things in conversation with people we talk about, well, we've had sort of these things before, but having a more um, comprehensive list, it it really has happened a number of times. Um, And so just knowing that this isn't the first time ever could potentially be reassuring for people. But when you think about how stress sort of comes into this, how does that surface um, for students, staff, and faculty in the midst of a health crisis? How do you see the stress part of the experience showing up? 
I'm so glad you're asking that question. You know, a lot of the focus that you see is not on mental health. It's, you know, we're, we're focusing on, you know, how far large droplets are projected when someone coughs, how long does the coronavirus survive on, you know, uh, objects and thing, things like that, what, what's the incubation period and so on and so forth. But we're all human, and um, this is creating stress, and stress manifests in different ways. And so we need to, to give thought to that side of things because it's, 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 it's at least as important as the medical side of things, you know. Um, and so with our, our students, with our staff, with our faculty, every, everyone is, is different how they may react to stress. Um, and for some persons, um, that can be emotional, uh, for some persons, it can affect their ability to work, their their productivity. Um, for for some persons, they react very differently, though, and they might become hyper uh, vigilant or um, uh, overly committed to various areas, um, and uh, they may suffer health consequences. You know, they're not thinking about their their own well-being. So. Stress manifests in different ways. I think each of us needs to be cognizant of how stress is impacting ourself and, 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 and be purposeful in reacting to that, to, to diffusing the stress, because we must carry on. And that leads perfectly into the next question. Do you have strategies that you recommend for, um, for all of us, I guess, as we're, we're navigating yeah. the environment? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there are little things that we can do that make a big difference. Um, And there's various advisories that are out there that um, people can look to for information. But some things I would suggest involve um, limiting your news uh, exposure. You know, there's just... 24-hour news that's out there. Um, some of it is perhaps more legitimate than others. So um, pick good sources for news and limit your exposure. You don't need to be watching the news constantly. Perhaps have a couple times a day that you check the news and, and have good, reliable sources for, for your news. Um, you have to be up to date, but you know that hyper vigilance kind of stuff can can really wear people out. Um, mm-hmm. You also have to be careful with some of the the social media, uh, and we we all know uh, that social media can go a little awry, and uh, mm-hmm. there sometimes can be a, an element of hysteria there, um, and uh, sometimes um, you you can overdo it. It, it can uh, um, usurp your attention, so you know, um, uh, use social media with moderation and, and trust your sources there. Um, I think it's important, we're human, that we stay connected with people too, that we, we take time to talk with each other, to interact with each other. Um, and for someone that is isolated or quarantined, they especially need to have that that human contact um, on a daily basis. And for those folks, it could even make sense to have 
a regular time to check in with, with others uh, and just stay connected with, with people. Um, lastly, um, you know, uh, we're, we're all going to be going through a period of time where we're going to be at home more, uh, very likely. And so find ways to, to have fun with that. Enjoy it. Uh, you know, read a, a book that you haven't read for a while. There's lots of great um, shows that uh, are streaming. Um, uh, do things like puzzles or listen to music. You can exercise at home. Uh, there are uh, stress uh, relief exercises like yoga, um, meditation, um, or, or even prayer. You know, be purposeful um, when you think about what you're going to do at home so you don't fall into that trap of worry and anxiety. Um, you know, try to find ways to enjoy the time at home. I, I, I was watching the news the other day, and it was really um, delightful. Um, it was... Um, a shot in a town in Italy, and uh, not that we can necessarily do this in the U.S., but um, they they were uh, all singing from their balconies and doing oh. communal exercise from their 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 balconies. You know, find find fun and enjoyable ways to to use your time and try to stay connected with others in a safe fashion. Are there any resources that you recommend to people? Um, and, you know, our audience is primarily people who are working on college campuses, but it, it includes, um, you know, housing and dining professionals who are, for, for a residence hall director, working from home means working at work, you know. And so yeah. are there are there resources that you recommend if people are – feeling a little bit stuck in uh, strategies for managing their stress? Yeah. Um, there's a plethora of resources, mm-hmm. um, and there were a plethora of resources before coronavirus. Um, and yeah, there, there, there's good legitimate resources that um, the CDC has. Um, they have a web page on managing anxiety and stress with some some good tips there. Um, The American College Health Association has um, uh, some good resources about uh, stress and how it affects your health and things that you can do. The American Psychological Association um, is a a good resource for those sorts of information. But really, there's a plethora of information. And besides for those, sometimes... It's a matter of exploring what is a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. Great. Are there any other sort of key items that you would recommend people keep in mind as we move through um, through COVID nineteen and you know the coming weeks, but maybe even more generally as health issues might emerge in and beyond college campuses. Well, you know, um, I think we can um, uh, look at what happened in China. Um, There Mm -hmm. was an epidemic wave um, that began probably sometime in December, and uh, today they're down to one or two new cases 
um, for the whole country, um, which is remarkable. And with pandemics and epidemics, there tends to be these infectious waves that, that last for um, four to 12 weeks. And uh, so, you know, the, the intensity of what we're experiencing in the U.S. now is going to subside. Um, and we don't know exactly when, but, you know, probably be over that course of uh, eight to 12 weeks that we will all be in a better place. Now, if you think about the 1918 pandemic, uh, and really with, with a variety of other epidemics around the world, sometimes there also are waves of infection where we get through this wave in the spring and there's a wave in the fall, for example, mm-hmm. and that, that could happen. But with each of these waves, we learn. We learn you know, how to, to contain and mitigate the, the, the infection and we develop treatments. Um, there are over 40 clinical trials that are going on now with treatments for the uh, COVID-19. So I, I suspect it won't be long before we learn um, what an effective treatment may be. There also, as, as everyone is probably aware, uh, clinical trials have started with vaccines. Now that, that's going to take longer. But those things are evolving. So um, as time goes on, um, there are better approaches uh, from a public health uh, perspective. There's treatment that will become available. There's preventative strategies with vaccines that will become available. We're going to get through this. Um, And for the vast majority of persons, um, they're going to be okay as well. So I think, you know, paying attention to what the public health authorities are saying and taking care of yourself and um, you know enjoying each day the best you can as we go through this is is my my best advice I appreciate that very much is there just sort of as we we head into wrap-up is there anything else I should be asking or other information that you would like people to know about that we haven't touched on no, I, I think this is a great conversation, and I, I really uh, appreciate having an opportunity, opportunity to talk about the mental health side. And um, I'd just like to reemphasize how important it is that we each give purposeful thought to how are we going to uh, take care of ourselves? Uh, what, are we, what are we going to do? to uh, find an opportunity for some exercise, enjoyment within the confines of our house, for, for example. Uh, we, can all, we can all do that. Uh, and with that, uh, I think we'll discover that this is a, a much easier process to, to um, uh, uh, get through. Great. Well, and to reiterate what you said just a moment ago, we are going to get through this. And so even though it's um, unprecedented in some ways, it's um, we're working toward the end of it and, and continuing to move forward. So Dr. Dykin, I really want to thank you for being our guest today and for talking to us about stress in the context of COVID-19, but certainly beyond that and about managing stressful situations in general. 
Um, I can't thank you enough for making time for the conversation in the midst of everything else that you have going on. So thank you very much. As a means of closing, I was wondering if you'd be willing to share a few things that you yourself do to manage stress. Um, so the sorts of things that I talked about, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, exercise being one one source of reducing stress. You, know, you can feel it in your body when when stress is affecting you. Your muscles feel tight and um, uh, just you have that sense of stress. And there's all sorts of unique ways you can exercise, you know, um, with um, uh, you know that that can be accomplished in your home that don't require equipment. So that's one thing that I'm doing. And I I mentioned the reading, uh, and this is a great time to uh, 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 also do a lot of streaming. My wife and I um, have gone through quite a few uh, series on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and be watching movies and things like that to to uh, distract us from stress. So, you know, those are things that I do personally, and that I think can benefit others. Great. It's nice when you have a doctor sort of direct you to Netflix and chill. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Well, yeah. Well, thank you again, Dr. Dykin. Um, Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to SA Today. SA Today comes to you from the Southern Association for College Student Affairs. We're grateful for their encouragement and support. Take care and have a wonderful day.